Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Folly Coffee Podcast. If you haven't done so already, I ask that real quick here, you just pause, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, and if you've liked any of the previous episodes or this episode, please give us that five-star rating. It helps us greatly. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Do you like money? Do you like free money? Introducing Folly Bucks. Give $10, get $10. That's right. You will get a unique code to share with your friends, family, enemies, anyone you know. They use that code. You automatically get $10 to use towards future Folly purchases. And the person you shared the code with gets $10 for their purchase. There is no limit to the amount of Folly bucks you can get. So head to follycoffee.com, hit the header at the top, and get your Folly bucks now. Let's go. Hey, this is Rob. This is episode 83 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. All right. We had to resolve our issues as arch nemeses. It it was resolve a lot. Is a strong word. I resolve. I think temper, <laughs> yeah. or uh, at least get to a point that we knew we wouldn't get into angry arguments or at least yell at each other. I'm here begrudgingly with Jared and Johan of Wesley Andrews Coffee and what would you call it? Coffee and tea. Coffee and tea. Yeah. C- coffee and tea. Yeah. Out of the Whittier neighborhood in Uptown, I will say that right when I moved, uh, first when I moved back, the first thing, the first coffee event I went to was that first anniversary of Wesley Andrews Latte Art Throwdown, and mm, that yeah. was a really cool thing. It happened the week I moved back. That was the first kind of coffee thing I did, and immediately I was like, "These guys are awesome. This event is awesome," and it just put me in a really good headspace. Having just quit my job and moved back in with my parents to start Folly, that was the first thing I did. And since then, you guys have been nothing but cool to Folly, uh, and yet we're still arch nemeses for yeah. re- reasons we can't explain for on this online podcast. purposes. <laughs> for, yeah. for online purposes yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited to have you both in here today. This is a three-person uh, podcast, so just to kind of get your voices on record here, Johan, I want you to introduce yourself. This is Johan. <laughs> and Jared. Hello, I'm Jared. And you are and, uh, co-founders. Yes. So yep. the, this is going to be a unique episode because we're going to do kind of the traditional format. We're going to go through your story because I know a lot about Wesley Andrews and your story, but not a lot about how you met, how you got started. And then the second half, we're going to have the first ever Coffee draft. Those rules will be explained later. But to sum up the coffee draft, we have a list of menu items, and we have to do an NFL-styled draft to pick our best options for a coffee shop menu, but with a twist. Anyway. (laughs) So, obviously, Wesley Andrews, you are a coffee roaster uh, out of Uptown. You have an amazing selection of teas, and I'm excited to have Johan in here and tell the story about that. But I first don't know how you two met or how you even came to start Wesley Andrews in the first place. Yeah. Have we never talked about that? No. Really? Like us? No. I haven't. This isn't just me (laughs) doing a a podcast Like, obviously, we have to do it for the podcast, but otherwise, we never really You're winking at me going like, do we really No, I have no idea how you met or how you got started in the first place. Yeah. I mean, we met in high school. Yeah. I was that weird kid. 
that <laughs> went true. into high school in like 10th grade, moved from Florida and with my like tattered clothes and weird shoes and uh, I saw Jared and by the end of the first year I was like, that's the guy I want to start things with. And <laughs> At the time when you met, were you both like already way into coffee and tea? Was this something you were already obsessing about? Uh, I would say no. I liked coffee. I've drank coffee for a long time. Um, but I wouldn't say, I mean, we met sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Or was it freshman year? I can't remember. It was, it was sophomore early. year. Sophomore yeah, yeah, year. Because yeah. that's why I moved up. And I didn't drink coffee at all. The coffee was the thing that, like, my dad would go to McDonald's and get a black cup of coffee on the way to school and then leave without getting us anything. And we're like, oh, so, like, coffee had that bad taste in my mouth even without tasting it. Uh, I did like tea at the time, but that was about it. Yeah, I kind of grew up. Um, my parents, my dad always drank coffee and my mom always drank tea. So I was always like around it, enjoyed it. Um, but I probably was like later, like junior, senior year of high school that I was like starting to get into like specialty and trying like, oh, there's like delicious coffees out there. Nice. Will you move that mic just a little closer to your face there? Yes. Get that pop filter a little closer. There, there yeah, we go. That'll do the trick. So you meet in high school, you're into tea, kind of into coffee, a little bit. How do you go from that place to, hey, let's start a coffee roasting business or a coffee shop? So it really, it didn't start forming until Jared and I both got jobs at Tivana. Yeah. And uh, we were working at Tivana. Uh, this is just after high school. Just out of high school, yeah. learning how to be salesmen. And then afterwards. How do, you, how do you find that job in the first place? Well, how did you find that job? I have no clue. The, the way I normally <laughs> describe it to people, because I had a bunch of weird jobs around Minnetonka. I grew up in Minneapolis, and Johan was in Columbia Heights, right? We were right next to I was in Northeast. Um, would never go out to Minnetonka or anything, but there's something about, like, high school kids from other areas that, like, commute into Minnetonka to get the like low paying jobs I think and <laughs> somehow we got connected to someone there I think you got connected to someone first but I don't remember who yeah because I started working there and then like a month later I like was like hey I have a roommate that would like to work here and we both were work worked there for like six nine months or something yeah uh but at that time it was like working at Tivana I was really learning how to be a salesman. I was learning mm -hmm. how to like talk to people that I didn't know or have any rapport with and build rapport and like how to meet new people after high school. It's a thing, right? And I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I gave up on that now. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it was like you get off of work and you're like emotionally just done for the day. So what do you do? Well, you want to drink tea. So we would go to Verdant Tea in Minneapolis. Shout out and rip to Verdant yeah, Tea in Minneapolis. <laughs> but we would go there and we would drink tea for hours and just talk. And that was really kind of the beginning of forming what Wesley Andrews could be. Yeah, I feel like it's really interesting that our kind of passion for tea really got ignited at Tivana because it was very quickly like becoming passionate about it and then realizing 
Tivan is not the level of quality of tea that we actually want. So we would go to Verdant afterwards and enjoy better teas right after work. But yeah. As Sorry, Tivana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're. I don't think you're blowing anyone's. Sorry mind. to Starbucks. No one's gonna buy your stuff anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think anyone's gonna have their mind blown that maybe the, stuff, yeah. the Starbucks tea offerings are not gonna are not gonna be the highest end that you could find in the market. We get a defamation lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these conversations you're having at Verdant, is it specifically around tea, or is it just you're getting to know each other and then? I'm just curious at what point because I love finding like the inception point because so many people have ideas right like oh my gosh we should totally start a coffee shop oh we should start a tea shop but at what point does it go from just discussing hey this is awesome these teas we're having at verdant are so much better than what we're selling at tivana to we should go all in on this yeah i i would say the conversations that we were having were with us too but also other people that we were meeting from work and random places and just kind of developing different friendships and we just started having these conversations about there's these like products that are created to create conversation and build relationships, tea being one of them, coffee being one of them. Um, and kind of, we just started talking with this idea more than a business idea. It was just like, Oh, this is interesting. This is kind of a unique part of the market here. Um, so before Wesley Andrews could have been called, Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. And before it could have even been called Wesley Andrews, we were kind of circling around this idea of the complementing a conversation and just learning, you know, talking to new people, building new friends, learning how to expand our world of community. We're seeing you don't just go and say, hey, let's let's go have a chat. You say, you know, do you want to come over and have a bite to eat? Do you want to, you know, share a cup of coffee, have a bottle of wine, smoke a cigar together? You know, something that complements that conversation. Mm -hmm. And we ended up kind of coining that term conversation compliments. Yeah. And from there, we're like, hey, maybe we should start a business based off of building communities and conversation by offering products that complement the uh, a depth of conversation and of understanding of not only the product but each other that's such a good point yeah. because i mean i joke that's half the reason i do this podcast is because if you reach out to somebody you're like hey do you want to sit down and talk for an hour they'd be like Right. No. Yeah. Be like, what if we record it? And they're like, okay, I'm in for that. So <laughs> yeah. you, you take this idea that you're always, there always has to be something you're doing or something that complements what you're doing when you're catching up with someone, whether it's grab a drink, grab a coffee, grab a tea, and you build a business around that. What are the first steps you take when you have this idea that, hey, we can build a business around the fact that we can complement conversation with things like tea and coffee? Yeah. So... From there, once we start, decided, like, this could be a business idea as 18-year-olds, you know, just throwing out stuff, we started to go further down, like, well, what would we sell? Because we probably want to do, like, a couple different things eventually, but, like, how would we start? And Johan was obviously, like, we need to start, like, importing teas and doing all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but have you tried coffee lately? Like, good coffee. I just, I wonder... 
if that would be a better market to break into, sort of, is how it, like, started. And at that time, Johan literally, I don't know if he'd ever had specialty coffee. I don't think I'd ever had specialty coffee. I don't, I knew I, every time I drank coffee, it felt like I got punched in the face. And, <laughs> and I knew that I could drink tea and explain it understand the flavors and like have an experience where I didn't really feel like the experience that I was having when I drank coffee was the same as somebody that enjoyed coffee. Mm -hmm. So Jared challenged me and he's like, well, if you can drink tea and explain it so well, you should be able to transfer that skill to coffee. And I'm like, well, I love challenges, so we'll try it. And from there, uh, he started introducing me to uh, like the specialty coffee around here. You know what Dogwood was, and all of the yeah. other I'm like trying to think shops of around Minneapolis. The like first one, and I'm wondering if it was when we were, because the other thing we would do after we would smoke tea is we would go smoke pipes and cigars. <laughs> we'd smoke drink tea. tea. <laughs> I, was say, I didn't know about that. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, that's another conversation. Um, no, but we would drink tea and then we would go smoke cigars and pipes at golden leaf in uptown and they were serving dogwood coffee that was it that was the first and time. i was like you should try this coffee for a couple of 18 year as 18 year olds you sound like a couple like 65 year old dudes <laughs> yeah. that are like retired <laughs> these activities you're explaining are, are what i picture a retired person well, doing on their daily oh that's my whole life and when we went to golden leaf that's like who was there too? Oh yeah. So <laughs> we're sitting here playing cards with like you know fifty five, sixty five year olds smoking cigars at Golden Leaf. We felt pretty old. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What was that experience like, yo, on the first time you tried specialty coffee or like high, you know, third wave style? So, have you ever like thought of the concept of relaxing into the pain? I don't know, <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds like something I'd be into. So. It, in the in the same sense that like i'll i'll go get a like professional massage and it's like at first it it hurts it overwhelms your senses because you're so tense and when you finally get to the point where you're able to relax and like open up your senses to the experience then you're like oh this pain was just a lot of like release of tension and then it becomes an enjoyable thing uh, when I drank coffee, it was in that same way where coffee to me is almost like a myriad of flavors and experiences that are so compressed that the first sense that you get is bitterness. And bitterness is just the intensity and compression of all of those flavors. So I tasted it and I got punched in the face with bitterness and uh, then I'm like wait I'm kind of learning how to sense these other things let me relax into it let it roll over my tongue let me take a like shorter sip instead of trying to like push it into the back of my throat because it's so bitter and I'm like oh there's some acidity here and I started to like see a little picture of what was like inside that bitter uh, it took a bit but I think over the course of like maybe trying five to ten different coffees, it went from feeling like I'm getting in a boxing rink 
to uh, feeling like I'm being able to watch a painting be like painted. It's, it's similar to it's like if you've ever done the trick to somebody where like close your eyes, this is a glass of milk, and they they're expecting milk, and it's a cup of orange juice that it's like orange juice is tasty on its own milk is fine on its own but when you do it that way that orange juice is going to be the worst experience of your life because you're expecting just like neutral milk and then you taste highly acidic sweet orange juice and it's a terrible experience i found that in coffee a lot that people go i've only had this type of coffee it's bitter it's burnt and then they drink a third wave style coffee and it's almost alarming the experience you have at first um and a lot of times off-putting to people that are expecting something else, right? Yeah, that, that that's yeah. why I always say, like, here's your gateway coffee. Like, here's a coffee that, right. I, you know, from Brazil or Colombia and medium, you know, medium of everything that you're like, this is your gateway coffee. This is how a year from now I'm going to have you seeking out the highest altitude Kenyans that we can find. Mm-hmm. So having that first cup, leaning into or relaxing into the pain, where does the conversation go from there? Because in theory... If the business was just we want a place and a space to complement conversation, you don't really need the best offering of everything. In theory, you could just open up a neighborhood shop and just get whatever coffees a distributor has and go that way. But when you walk into Wesley Andrews, everything is meticulously curated from the decor, from the plants that you have almost like a greenhouse going in the shop at this point and it just creates live energy and every menu item is so carefully roasted and selected you're going overseas to source the teas how did you decide to go with that approach versus let's just open a place that we can you know have community so i think one thing that was going on before all of this was when we would drink tea together when we would smoke cigars together it was all a process of discussing the individual experiences that we had mm-hmm. until we came to a mutual shared experience that we both enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been possible for us to open up a little like community shop that doesn't really focus on the quality of the coffee because we wouldn't have been able to align in an enjoyable shared experience in that. Yeah, it was sort of the mindset we were in of working at Tivana and then finding the better tea to go enjoy, even though we could get it for cheap or free. <laughs> we, you know, that's kind of just something we were like, we want to have the best experience of this. Um, we often use the phrase uh, affordable luxuries is something that we sell because um, it's, you know, you're going to pay a little bit more for the better product and stuff, but you know, it's less than $10. So it's not like a super luxury, affordable luxury. Yeah. It's one of those things that I tell people that I go, this will cost you per cup, 10 to 20 cents more per right. cup. If you're buying beans, mm-hmm. like what other options do you have available in your life that you're like, Hey, if you spent 10 to 20 cents more per day, it would make something you do every day significantly like better. Significantly better. Yeah. So I think we were already in that mindset in everything we were doing. And then it was sort of okay, well, if we were to run something like that, we would want to do it well. We would want to offer a great product um, and kind of have that be the base of it so then the conversation is kind of more natural and the relationship building comes through it kind of just because that's what we were looking for, you know. And so from there, the conversation turned to, well, if we want to do coffee, could we do coffee well? Because we didn't know anything about 
roasting or anything like that. What are the next steps after that? And th- th- that's a really good point because there is something about excitement that mm-hmm. wanting to go to a place to be excited about what you're going to drink versus just grabbing whatever is the closest one and we can meet there to catch up. But what are the next steps that you have the concept kind of built out that you want the highest quality coffee and tea? Can we do coffee? What are your next steps in the coffee program where you go from where we know nothing to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, it's really... Johan kind of put it on me like okay if we're gonna do coffee how do we know if we can like do it well and stuff so we did a little bit of research and ordered a tiny little hot top roaster hot top roaster just to be like let's just order this it was like 800 bucks or something yep big investment for us big investment for us you know we don't even know if we're doing a business yet but we're like let's just try it watch some YouTube videos and see what happens Um, and then you were looking up just doing research of what the coffee community like is in Minneapolis and found this new company called Mill City Roasters. Yep. So this was, you know, I opened up to the world of dogwood and I'm like, oh, wow. Like at the time, it was only like a few years back when like dogwood was rated like the third best roaster in the country. Right. And I tried their neon espresso and I'm like, oh, there's acidity in espresso. That's a thing. Mm. <laughs> right. And so that I was researching like what where are all of the like third wave coffee shops in because I learned the word of third wave. Right. <laughs> where are all the third wave coffee shops in Minneapolis. And then we get this hot top roaster coming and I'm like, what are all the types of roasters that we'd be looking at when we start to go into production? And Mill City Roasters pops up. And I click and there's just like, they sell roasters and there's a number. And that's like about it. Yeah. And I call them up and Steve Green uh, answers the phone. And he is the founder of Mill City Roasters. And I'm talking to him and I'm like, hey, you know, we're 18. We just bought a hot top roaster. We're wanting to learn how to roast and learn about coffee and then start a business that, you know, this would be one of our main products. Yeah, just kind of laid out everything that we were doing. Yep, First phone call to Steve Green. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, my first advice would be to return that roaster. Uh, I'm like, okay. it, it literally hadn't arrived in the mail yet. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't we here this yet. And he's like, return that roaster. And I'm like, check. What do we do next? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, come over to Mill City and we will teach you everything that we know as we're growing. And then uh, at one point, buy a roaster from us. And I'm like, double check. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we will do that. So the hot top comes we send it right back (laughs) and we're like sorry and we head over to mill city in that second leg of learning about coffee yeah i don't know i mean i kind of want to interject here to say like mill city roasters is now considered one of the i would say one of the best coffee roaster brands in america they're providing the roasters at the roasting championships now they're a huge company so this part of our story sounds kind of weird sometimes to people now because yeah. what, what they launched this that year. So that was 2015 or 2014? 2014. Yeah. Um, Steve might 
disagree with that, and he's probably correct. But <laughs> um, but they were just starting, and so when we went over there, it was literally like this old warehouse that was like a print shop or something, and he had like a roaster in a corner, yeah, and then a like bunch of broken down feet. roasters <laughs> sitting around. It was like nothing, like at all. And now when you go over there, they've got a full classroom, like yeah, full roasters, right. uh, pl- or not plumbed in, but hooked up, ready to roast, and the educational classes and certification classes. Yes, exactly. And that's one of the funny things about Minneapolis is it just goes like under the radar that you go. You've got Cafe Imports, which is one of the country's premier specialty coffee importers. You've got Mill City, who's now one of the country's like premier roasting, com- roasting machine companies. Right. How long did it take you to feel comfortable with where you were at on the coffee roasting side to feel that, hey, we can do this? So it took probably about a year before we had picked a coffee that we felt and then fully dialed it in that we felt like, oh, we would sell this and put our name on it. I think there Um, were two two kind of like portions of that. When we were picking the coffee – we were like, we need to find a coffee that we could both like, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we picked the coffee, we learned how to roast that one coffee until we were able to give it to other people. And not only would we like it, but the people that we gave it to would have that a very similar experience to what we had. And it was kind of interesting because it was like, whether they liked it or not, if they're tasting oranges and we're tasting oranges, then I think we've accomplished the goal. Right. right. And yeah. yeah, from, I think it was a year, right? It was, well, I know within that first, it might've been a little bit earlier than that, but we definitely didn't have two copies in the first year. Yeah. So, so from there, you find your first coffee, you're comfortable roasting. You say, we have a coffee that we can roast that we love that people were giving it to or loving comfortable on the tea side because it's where you came from how do you go from there to opening a shop yeah i mean it was a couple years before that point and in that time we started learning about dialing in coffees quicker than a year and just like kind of learning how to pick out the flavor notes we wanted um and then roasting to do that and steve was great at being like here's what i can teach you and here's resources for things that i can't teach you so you can Continue your education and stuff. Are you still and, during all of this? Um, no, we had to quit because. Uh, oh no, yeah, we had to leave because of the Starbucks takeover. We had on our contracts that like a non-compete thing, which I don't think they would have followed up on, but you know, we wanted to be sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the things that we we had reached because we picked out Costa Rica, Don Cesar Arena. Uh, this fantastic coffee and we could tell it was fantastic because when we roasted it with Steve he's like this is a quality coffee and right. <laughs> when we're talking uh, to cafe imports who imported that coffee they're like yeah this this is like a good one we tasted like some potential in there uh, but then once we got that coffee in we probably did upwards of like 50 roasts on it before we dialed it in mm-hmm. Now, looking back on it, it's like, if we have to do 50 roasts on a coffee to dial it in, we just don't have any coffee left to, right. <laughs> to yeah. sell, right? And then you're selling cups of coffee for $25 a cup. Right. <laughs> so I think the main, a big part of the learning process on that is, like, 
in the beginning, as long as you can taste something and have like a consistent sensory experience, then it's really like trying as many different things as you can. And then at one point you're going to throw a dart that hits a bullseye. And then from there it was, well, are we able to take what we learned from that bullseye and instead of 50 roasts, we can do it in 40 roasts? Can we do it in 30 roasts, you know, and and bring it down uh, in our – guess and check method that we were using at the time. I feel like that's how we run our entire business. It's like, <laughs> hey, we don't know how to do this. Let's try throw things at it and see what happens. And then slowly over time, you figure out a better way to do it. That's yeah. that's consistent uh, with what I've heard from great coffee roasters is mm. they go, it's like the combination of art and science. And I've just done it enough times that it almost becomes a gut feeling. But, you know, oh, I hit the bullseye with this coffee, this, this coffee is similar in these traits. I bet if I do that, it'll work in dialing in from there. So it only takes one or two rows. So you're now in your location in uh, Whittier, Uptown. How did you find that location as you were starting to explore options? Yeah, so much of our stories are about meeting the right people at the right time. And we like that because we wanted our company to be about relationships and it like really is um i had a friend text me one day that was like hey we had been selling coffee for a couple years online doing a couple pop-ups at um farmers markets and things like that uh so i had a friend reach out and say hey i have another friend who is thinking about starting a coffee shop can i just connect you guys um and i was like yeah you know we're just meeting people right now um and it was sort of like, can you give him advice? And I was like, well, we never ran a shop, but I'm interested in meeting people. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just bought in the roaster about two months. Oh yeah, we had just that. actually purchased a roaster because before that we were using Mill Cities for free for a long time. So. <laughs> yeah, what which size, is what not size? available to anyone anymore. So don't <laughs> ask them. <laughs> <laughs> what size roaster uh, did you initially purchase? We were. Oh, did we initially purchase? Yeah. Three kilo. Three so kilo. we were roasting like five pounds at a time. And that's the one over at Corner Coffee. That's the one we stopped using like three weeks ago. <laughs> so <laughs> to put that in perspective, three kilo roaster, you're maybe getting a five pound bag five out of pounds each roast. At a time. Yeah. Um, so just to supply coffee for your shop alone was, you know, 10, yeah. 10 20, 30 roasts in a given period of time. Right. And I feel like... At Mill City, when we were roasting, we were doing what two pound batches to yeah. like test all those test batches and stuff. We weren't doing large batches or anything, but so you meet the person interested in opening a coffee shop. Once yes. you pick your brain, you meet, and what happens next? So he's kind of like, I uh, have this idea that I like someday might want to help run a shop. He's like, that's sort of just where my mindset is, but. I like my mom's friend knows someone who has a space that I think would be really cool to open a shop in. So I'm just trying to figure out if I could figure this out in time to get this space. Cause it's like not on the market or anything. And we had just looked at a different space that someone reached out to us about. Um, and that was the first time that we were like, Oh, is it time for us to start looking at a space? Because the conversation we, was yeah. not yes. <laughs> it was, no, no, not at all. It, it was a conversation of like, if it happens and if the stars align and if everything mm-hmm. is comes to us that we could open a space, then we'll do our due diligence. 
But at the time, we had gotten a roaster three months earlier. We were just getting really on our feet with like roasting production coffee and selling it in a consistent way. Mm-hmm. And we're like, opening a shop would be a lot, but you know, Lord willing, we'll uh, look into it if it comes to us. And that's a key point yeah. because I mean, urgency and long term decisions is a terrible thing. So if you get if right. you find yourself in a spot that we have to find a shop in the next month or we're screwed or just you know putting urgency on yourself of just wanting to do it sooner than later and just making decisions based off time is such a bad way to do it. So to have that mindset of I mean, we're open to it. We're not actively pressing on this, but if the perfect opportunity arose, we could jump on it. Yeah. And I mean, from the beginning, you know, us wanting to have a business based around conversations and relationship building, we obviously always wanted to have a shop space and somewhere that people could meet. Um, But we were just really early on. We're like, everything we do, we're going to do it slow so that we do it well. And so... Yeah, it was the first time that we were talking about maybe we should start thinking about getting a space. Um, we had just had that conversation. So when I was talking to Brennan, who was a um, friend of a friend. Shout out to Brennan Johnson. Shout out to Brennan Johnson. He has a cool podcast, too. Yeah, that's true, actually. I think he's on a break right now, but they're coming back. Yes. Dissonance. Dissonance podcast. Anyways. Yeah, after that first meeting. <laughs> just... Thought process going everywhere. Okay, so the first meeting, um, he was just talking about this, and over the course of like two, three hours, um, we were talking at uh, Nina's Coffee in St. Paul. Um, he, I just started to pick up, like, he didn't really know what to do, but wanted to, like, try and do it. So I just kind of threw out, like, what if we looked at the space, and if... Wesley Andrews wanted to go into it would you be interested in joining our company and I was like if that's not what you're thinking like that's totally fine I'm not trying to like take this from you if it's an opportunity you want to go on but that's just seems like what I'm hearing from you is you would like to partner with people on this and he was like yeah absolutely um so then we went and looked at this space and it was it it was (laughs) yeah great well yeah. It was inspiring. Yes. Right? <laughs> the, you know, we, we walk in and the building is super cool. Uh, the location is kind of like up and coming. Uh, but then we walk into the space and there's no floor. There's no ceiling. There's hardly any walls. Right. And it's 760 square feet, which is very much on the smaller size of coffee shops, uh, especially in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like, we walked in and we're like, this building's really cool. This opportunity's here. The energy's here. Can we make it work? Right. And that's that's really when the we had to, like, go to work and figure out, like, what does everything look like in the neighborhood? What does – what would actual layout of a shop look like here? And, like, how many people can you seat uh, – yeah, and in all such those, a small space, yeah. yeah. All those brass tacks kind of questions, you know. Yeah, I feel like from there it was just uh, we got connected with an architect who 
mapped it out. Well, you mapped it out on your phone first, then we sent it to him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that actually, that was really fun. Uh, little 3D uh, kitchen design app on my phone. <laughs> I went and got all the measurements of the building, uh, mapped it out, put like the little stools in and like the little <laughs> tables and stuff. And I'm like, oh, they had like an espresso machine, little like uh, widget thing. And uh, so I put all that out and I'm like, Jared, it looks like we could see 33 people. <laughs> and, yeah. and Jared's like, really? And then after that, moving on to kind of that next stage, went to an architect and uh, sent him literally the screenshots from that app. And uh, he like came in and like looked at the building. He's like, yeah, yeah, you guys could do this. And it was like that, that kind of validation from somebody that was a professional in that sense and he actually knew how to work with small spaces really well yeah he had just done a couple different restaurants that were in really small spaces and stuff so he was like in the mindset and like yeah we can do this so So working with him how long was that process from hey we could do it here we've got the layout we know how we want to lay things out how it's going to look how long was that process from first meeting that architect to opening well, this whole thing was really quick. It went from... The beginning process was so quick. Yeah, we... I was going to say one for one on the space, which is usually you hear people going, well, I looked at hundreds of spaces oh, yeah. and kind of had to finally pick one. And you just one for one on the space, meet the architect. Yes, we can do it. Yep. The timeline, give or take a couple weeks, went something like we got the roaster in January. We met with Brennan in March, and we opened the shop in November. November, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that was a long time. Um, But it was not at all when I think back on it. Just so much Mm -hmm. happened, yeah. And we'll wrap up on this and then get into the coffee draft here. What was the reception once opening? Because, yes, you've got some specialty coffee roasters in town. You've got a few you know third wave style shops serving great coffee but like you said if you're expecting a standard cup of coffee and you come in and get this style of coffee it can be somewhat alarming and then the tea selection you might find somebody just wants you know your basic run-of-the-mill teas and then it's you've got these incredible high-end offering teas what what was that reception like when you opened up in the neighborhood yeah i mean at that point we've been roasting for a few years so we were very committed to when we opened the shop we want the coffee to be the focus we want, you know, we did pour overs only. We didn't have any drip coffee at the time. Um, and we had a couple tea selections, but that kind of came later. Um, and so just kind of having an emphasis on we want this to be really quality coffee that people can try a bunch of different single origins, as well as a great um, community and conversation space. Um, we, I think we hired the right people for that, um, for people to come in and kind of not have a pretentious experience because that's really what our focus was in the beginning of like we want this to be like great coffee great quality how do we do that without being pretentious or turning people off or anything like that and it ended up being just hiring the right people mainly and just um, talking through that a lot Um, so the reception was great a lot of coffee enthusiasts coming out right away we kind of became a regular shop for baristas at other shops which I'm sort of just now realizing is a cool thing from our experience at Tivana going to Verdant. I never thought about that. 
But yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, I mean, that is a sign of a great shop. When you see coffee people at the shop, you're like, oh, okay, this is definitely a place I should be drinking coffee. Yeah, and people in the community coming in, a lot of our regulars were people that were walking, either that lived at MCAT or just lived in the neighborhood, and that was great. Yeah. Now, we're now roasting in the same facility, which is kind of a crazy full circle moment for me where I was like, this is crazy that now the facility that we roast at Mill City, yeah. you needed to upgrade for obvious reasons, having roasted on a three kilo for how many? So what year did you technically launch? I guess 2017 would be? 2016, 2016? November was our uh, launch yeah. for the coffee shop. But we had yeah. already been roasting f- right. since 2015 or 2014. 20, yeah, 2015. That makes Probably sense because I moved back in uh, 2007, uh, 2017. So yes, the one year anniversary one year. was when I moved back in 2017. So you've been roasting on a three kilo mill city for uh, over three years. Yes. And now upgraded to what size is the, is the mill city now at the facility? Um, what's the kilo? Uh, 10 kilo. 10 kilo. So we're roasting 20 pounds at a time. How's that right tra- How's that transition been going from a 3 kilo to a 10 kilo in terms of time, but also getting adjusted to a new machine and what the operations have been like since then? It's beautiful. Uh, it's great. Like, just great. Like, almost, <laughs> almost no negatives. Like, it's the machine itself. I'm also working on a Mill City that they're producing now versus a Mill City they were producing back when they started. The machine is way better. Um, the batch size is we're literally roasting four times as quickly, um, which is great. But If you could go back, because this is something you hear a lot about roasters that start growing. If you could go back, would you still purchase that three kilo or would you have tried to get a bigger size knowing what you know now? Oh, no, definitely get the three kilo. Okay. Yes, because um, we were able to just, I mean, again, even at that point, we're still learning about new coffees and stuff. The way we're able to dial in coffee right now, it was not we were not able to do it that quickly, even when we were opening the shop. Yeah, um, that's a great point, especially for new roasters that do yeah. need the time on machine as well. If in theory you're gonna have a lot of practice batches, if you have a ten kilo, then every batch you're losing ten kilos of coffee versus yes. three kilo, you can scale that down and not be losing entire you know, commercial size batches of t- 10 kilograms of coffee, you know, 20, 25 pounds of coffee. In yeah. dial-in alone, we probably saved over the course of those four years the price of that roaster. <laughs> right, yeah. I feel like the amount of coffee that we kind of went through on the five pound in the early days um, was so much. And then as we got closer and closer to now, we weren't taking as much time dialing in, but still stepping into this 20 pound roaster we were a little bit worried about like so we're dialing in but if we have to dial in twice we're losing 40 pounds of coffee (laughs) um and so there was still a little bit of nervousness but now three weeks in we're like oh wait we we know what we're doing so So, what you're saying is if you got money to throw around 10 kilos great but if you're not trying to absolutely (laughs) set money on fire when you're starting a new roaster that smaller is better for that reason and yes definitely really you're just trading time for not bleeding uh bleeding money as you're dialing in new recipes and learning your processes yeah i would suggest how we did it for people that don't have a lot of money so i don't know how you would do it if you have a lot of money we don't have that experience (laughs) and then you go from and then you go from food and wine magazine naming you was the best coffee shop in the twin cities best coffee roaster best coffee roaster in the it was top 
50 in the country. Top 50 in the country. So we were named for Minnesota. We were named, they like, it was like one per state. Oh, gotcha. And so we are from Minnesota, and it's three years in a row now. That's awesome. So that's I don't know why they like us. <laughs> I've never talked to anyone there. I'm like, yeah. why don't you tell me when you're coming in the shop? It'd be great. But so you go from a couple 18 year old kids talking over tea to this crazy idea to opening a shop to three years running being Food and Wine's best coffee roaster in Minnesota. Absolutely unbelievable. And I'm excited to see where you're going. I'm excited to see where the entire Minnesota scene is going. Yeah. It's been insanely exciting since I've moved back to see what's happening, and you guys have been a big part of that. Just being one of the early early uh, adopters of third wave style coffee and the way you do it, even from the very beginning, the first time I walked in, I never felt any sort of pretentiousness, which when you do a pour over only menu and you're serving single origin espresso and you've got yeah. this r- massive tea selection of teas I've never heard of. Cause I know nothing about that side. There's a huge risk of any off putting comment can just turn a customer off or make you feel unwelcome, but that's never been the experience I've had. The whole whole thing was like we know we look pretentious. Yeah, so we don't want to feel pretentious. You have to actively work against (laughs) it. Whereas I'm the opposite, where it's like (laughs) we look like we're the not great coffee because our branding, (laughs) our branding is like very cartoony. So we have to be extra careful about how we communicate about our coffees when people ask them about them. All right, are you ready? For the 2021 coffee draft. <laughs> oh no, I'm on the wrong soundboard. Oh no. <laughs> oh god, how do I switch we, we over? Do, we do the intro. Oh god, no. Okay, so if I click on that and switch this over, okay, I got it's there's laughter going on, and this track goes on for about another three or four seconds. It's always really bothered me how long. Are you ready for the 2021 draft? Welcome to the 2021 coffee draft. It is off. All right, the rules of the Folly Coffee Podcast Coffee Draft featuring Jared and Johan of Wesley Anders. The rules are the goal is to create the best coffee shop menu from a select items below. Each participant has one selection per round. Once an item is picked, it is no longer available for selection. No items on this list may be added to the menu. And uh, I'm sorry, the items on this list have to be added to the uh, menu and any selected items, or you can't, what I'm trying to say is, if you pick it, it has to be on your menu. If it's not on this list, you can't add menu uh, menu items later. It is a snake-style draft where the first overall pick has the last pick in the next round, then the first pick of the next round, and on like that. Below is the draft order selected with an online randomizer. We have Johan picking, in the fir- uh, picking first in the first round, Jared picking second, Rob picking third. And then in the second round, I will pick first, Jared will pick second, and Johan will pick third, and so on and so forth. So to give you an idea of the menu items we are selecting, as I've separated into different categories, we have espresso, brewed coffee, milk, milk alternatives, sweetener, flavor additions, hot tea, iced tea, and uniforms. I'm going to just very quickly rattle off the different items in the categories. For espresso, your three options are specialty grade, high-end, carefully roasted espresso. You have an Arabica Robusta blend or you have to pull Folgers as espresso. For brewed coffee, you've got pour over. You've got your standard batch brewed coffee, or you have to serve gas station coffee. For your milk, you have selections between whole milk, 2% milk, or heavy whipping cream, meaning that if you select one of those, that is the only milk you have available in your cafe. Milk alternative picks, almond milk, oat milk, or goat milk. I I didn't repeat the same one twice. It is goat milk. Sweetener picks. You can either have sugar, honey, or prune juice. Flavor additions, house-made vanilla syrup, 
Belgian chocolate, or melted Werther's. Werther's are the candy that everybody's grandma has in their purse for some reason. You can only use those and have to melt those as your flavor additions. Hot tea, thoughtfully sourced teas from around the world, standard black and green tea, or powdered instant tea. Iced tea, you can have flash-chilled sourced teas. You can have a standard iced black tea, or you can only serve cans of Arizona iced tea. And then the the uniforms, the three selections are your employees can choose tuxedos or full football uniform, including helmet and cleats. Are you all ready for the draft? Welcome to the 2021 Coffee Draft. It is off. For those listening, only I have headphones on, so I play these intros, and then Johan and Jared are just staring at me awkwardly as I wait for it to play out. We're just waiting for him to signal that it's done. So, (laughs) So, gentlemen, are we... Familiar with the rules? Any questions or clarifications before we get started? No. Um, there will be nine rounds, one per category. One, yeah, but one we per can category. pick from any category in any round. That is correct. Okay. You are not limited to one category per round. You can select any item from any category at any moment. There will be nine rounds. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Next pick, Johan. Bing. Johan is up with the first pick of the draft. Johan, do you have a selection? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, do I just straight out pick? I shouldn't talk through anything. I think straight up pick it. Brief explanation why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Instagrammers are going to be voting on this. That is correct. Okay. So after the draft, we will post the three menus of our three shops that we have created from the draft, and then users will vote who has the best and the worst shop. All right. Boom. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> 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 Let's go with specialty high... <sighs> And grade roasted carefully espresso. Johan goes with the specialty grade high and carefully roasted espresso is off the board. This is going to cause a rapid chain reactions of decision. Let's go with our second pick overall of Jared. Next, yeah, I'm gonna Jared. grab the Arabica Robusta blend for espresso. That is what I figured would I go. Not have the Folgers. So Jared has selected Arabica Robusta blend as espresso, which. Leaves the only espresso offering as Folgers pulled as espresso. Uh, that leads me with my pick. Next pick, Rob. <laughs> Bing. Let's see. Here's my thinking here is I think Folgers is going to stay on the board for right, a yeah. bit here. Kind of in a good position, I feel like. And so I feel like my next necessary pick is that I have to go with pour over coffee. So at least my espresso is going to be garbage, but I will have fantastic black coffee offerings all right we are on to the second round i have the first pick of the second round since i was last of the first from there i am going to oh this is a tough one this is this is, gets really tough i'm going to go with the fact that i'm gonna assume i'm opening this shop in minnesota it's going to be cold a lot of the year round and so i'm going to go with thoughtfully sourced hot teas mm, from yeah. around the world Good one. All right. Next pick is Jared. Next pick, Jared. All right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, batch brewed coffee. Batch brewed coffee. So talking a standard batch brewing machine. Which we do sell batch brew at Wesley Andrews now. 
come around on it can be great. And the way the machines go, that can be a really solid option. That brings us back next to Johan. Johan. Well, you know, that thoughtfully sourced, that was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I will be sourcing those teas for you. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So I'm going to go with milk alternatives. All right. Oat milk. Okay. We have our first major disruption of the draft. <laughs> I did not see oat milk going off the board in the second round. Again, knowing the Minnesota audience. Well, yeah. knowing the entire specialty coffee audience, oat milk is. That's true. Some might yeah. say this pick happened a little early in the draft, but this could potentially be a high win scenario for Johan. We are back to Jared. Next pick. Wait, Jared. Wait no, no. Johan. I get the... Oh, yeah, you get the yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, this is the third round now. Yes, yes, yeah. First pick. That's right. Wait, uh, actually, I want to highlight that. Okay, yep. Cool. I, can, I can go back and watch it. I don't have to recap it here. Yeah. <laughs> First pick. You know, I really don't want my employees to have to wear football uniforms. So I want to make sure. I like a niche shop sometimes, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to have to do a employees choose. I did not see uniforms coming off the board this early. Johan with some wild card picks. It It shows he cares for his people. Yeah, definitely. All right, we are now back to Jared. And let me play this out. Oh. <laughs> Wrong. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong audio board again. All right, back to, back to Jared. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and snag whole milk. Whole milk is off the board. Going to Jared. Jared, brief explanation as to why you went with whole milk off the board well, this round. I've got pretty standard espresso. Not the best quality, but pretty good. So I want all the lattes and everything to still be delicious. So whole milk being the best milk pairing option for the type of espresso I have should make for a better menu. Sound reasoning. We are back to me. (laughs) Next That's what I meant. That's what I meant to push. Okay. This is where things get interesting. I think all the heavy hitters are off the board of the core of a menu. And for that reason, I'm going to go with a flavor addition pick mm. of Belgian chocolate. Yeah. Back to Johan. Right? No, I have the double pick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, for that reason, I'm also going to take house-made <laughs> vanilla syrup. And oh, I'm not... <laughs> no. Uh, uh, my reasoning will come through later in a bit, and we shall see that now we're back to Johan, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so. Wait, no. Now we're Jared. Pick. Yes, back Johan. to me. <laughs> you pick twice. Bing. Jared's always the yeah, second. Yeah, He's you're right. You always pick two times in a row, and then it's me. And then it's double pick, and then back to you. Double pick. Okay. Next pick, Jared. Bing. <sighs> okay. Not expecting both of those flavors to go right away. Agreed. I'm going to go with sugar as a sweetener pick. Ooh. I think honey and prune juice are just a little bit too specific. (laughs) Sugar, you can sweeten whatever you want. It's going to be good. All right. Now, 
double pick for Johan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got the pattern down now. Okay, we got so it. We double got pick. It. Yeah, there we go. Now we yeah, yeah, now we've got some. So, so right. to, I'm going to I'm going to do a quick recap here. So far on Johan's menu shop board, he is serving specialty grade high-end roasted espresso. He's got batch brewed coffee. He's got oh no, 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 I've got batch brewed coffee. That's why I want to do this real quick. <laughs> Don't there take that from me. Okay, so Johan has carefully roasted espresso. Johan has oat milk mm-hmm. and has employees choose their own uniforms. What a wild card. Left on the board are Folgers pulled as espresso, gas station coffee, 2% milk, heavy whipping cream, goat milk, almond milk, honey, prune juice, standard green and black tea, hot, hot powdered instant tea and then for iced tea flash chilled source tea standard ice black tea or arizona iced tea and the uniform offerings of tuxedos or a full football uniform including helmets and cleats on to johan double pick (laughs) i will pick i gotta go for these top ones right any tops left uh I'm looking for? Not really. Let's say I need honey because I need honey. Yeah, you don't want to get left prune juice. I'm sorry. I could, yeah, so just <laughs> some type of sweetener. All right. Honey, honey will work. Honey will work for my purposes. You have one more pick. One more pick is going to be some 2% milk. 2% Which milk. is argued that it steams better. It is argued that it steams better than... I know several coffee shop owners in this city that would argue it seems better. All right. That brings... It's not shade. It's a legitimate opinion. (laughs) (laughs) That brings it back to Jared with one pick. I think, I think I have to go almond milk so I have something for vegans to drink. <laughs> that is a totally fair point. <laughs> you really messed me up there. <laughs> you really messed me up on my round. All right, so currently I'm looking at my menu. I don't have milk. Milk. <laughs> and in theory, unless something really weird happens here, I will be pulling Folgers as espresso. So what I'm going to do... Great pour-over bar, Rob. <laughs> that, that could be a strategy here. I'm going to go with goat milk. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. I was hoping that I could take it. Later, I would take but. that over heavy whipping cream, yeah. Yeah, I, I figured goat milk over heavy whipping cream, and then we just try to convince people that this is a trend overseas that they just don't know about. Yet. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, the yeah, first yeah. ones to do it here in the States. I have one more pick here, and looking at my selections here, I got to go with flash-chilled sourced tea for iced teas. That way I round out my full tea menu that I have the best hot teas and best iced teas. And then when people ask about espresso, I'll just say, don't worry about it. Pour over hot tea, iced tea. That's a strong strategy. How is Rob is literally building our shop originally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are back to Jared. pick. Jared. Um, So tell me what you're thinking through right now. Because looking at your current menu versus your needs and what's left on the board. Yeah, I feel pretty solid where I'm at. Like, this is a, a decent shop. 
that I think anyone would enjoy going into. So I'm trying to think of how do I not mess it up at this point. <laughs> we are into some rough picks. What is left on the board is Folgers Pulled as Espresso, Gas Station Coffee, Heavy Whipping Cream, Prune Juice, and then for your teas, you've got Standard Hot Tea, Standard Iced Tea, you've got uh, Powdered Instant Tea for Hot, and Cans of Arizona Iced Tea. I'm going to take Standard Black and Green Tea. Solid, solid mid-round pick. We got options. All right. We are back to a double pick from next pick. Johan. Johan. There was an audio. You can't hear it. I just heard the end of that one. (laughs) Right here, I got no brewed coffee because I'm very similar to Cat and Cloud and can just pull extremely long espresso shots. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Game changer. Loophole. Milk picks. I got the two percent oat milk. I think that's solid. Honey for a sweetener, which really lends me to a more uh, traditional feel uh, with that honey sweetening natural. Uh, I also already have my uniforms figured out, so you guys don't have that's to worry true. about that. Or we do have to. You worry. do. Yeah. I don't. Well, I, I think between tuxedos so, and football uniforms, oh, that's, that's a win-win. That's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do I pick for my teas? Is the question, and I'm gonna go with some fantastic Mediterranean style tea, powdered instant. Powdered Ooh, instant. He's trying to market it with the honey. With the honey. Mm-hmm. And then to balance out this extremely traditional high-end espresso feel, let's get some Arizona iced tea on the shelf. For those I was honestly going to pick go that. Item, the only grab-and-go item in any of these shops. You could have it that be. That was literally. I know. Spank, you, could, yeah. you, could, you could turn that marketing pitch and have it oh, be yeah. like, you know, it's like the PBR. And, you know, PBR is so cool in the craft beer world. This is like the PBR of the high-end coffee and tea world. We're making it cool again. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, it could be really trendy. And right with now. your other selections, you know, you could look at that and be like, well, their coffee program is really good. So the Arizona tea must be cool because this is so cool on the coffee side. We're back to Jared with a pick. All right. So here's my thought here. I've got a pretty standard good shop. You're going to find something you like here. I've got my Arabica Robusta blend, pretty straightforward, batch for coffee, whole milk, almond milk, sugar. So it's going to be good. I have black tea, green tea. I'm going to take Melted Werther's, and I'm going to market it hard as the best (laughs) drink in town. I'm considering trying it in real life at this point. Sounds great. (laughs) To to clarify, he's choosing Melted Werther's as his optional flavor addition. So if you were to go into Jared's shop and be like, do you have vanilla? He'd be like, no. No, but I have Melted (laughs) Werther's. Caramel candies. Now, Rob, can you explain for those like me that did not know what Melted Werther's are? Yeah, Melted Werther's are just that candy, the hard candy that's in every grandma's purse. And it's like, like a hard caramel. Yeah, it's like caramel or toffee. I don't really know what it is. Not, it's not like good, but it's not It's not good for candy, but it's not bad. So maybe Melted, it could be almost just like a... I'm kind of hitting Johan's thought process on the Arizona tea. This is something that people are going to reminisce about and be like, oh, I used to have that. My grandma used to give me that candy. What would it be like in a latte? 
They're going to come in for that. And then that's where you have to lean. That's where you have to lean in hard on the pretentiousness and be like, if you don't like this, you just don't understand it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For (laughs) sure. Melted Werther's is the superior option as a a flavor addition than anything that you might want coming into my shop. There's no better way to make caramel syrup than melting down Werther's. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying it right now. All right. I've got two picks here left on the board are Folgers as espresso, prune juice as a sweetener, heavy whipping cream as a milk. Brewed coffee, uh, gas station coffee for your brewed coffee, uh, tuxedos or full football uniform for your shop uniform. Uh, oh, this is almost like pick your poison. I'm gonna just go ahead and scoop up this Folgers pulled as espresso, just so that one of you doesn't come in and. So you have so, an espresso. So I, so I have an espresso. That is exactly right. For my second pick here, I. Now have a terrible espresso, but that's why I picked up the vanilla house-made vanilla syrup right. and the Belgian chocolate so that we can just dump that in there and cover up as much of that flavor as possible. With your goat milk. With my goat <laughs> with my goat milk. Everybody that goes to Starbucks will love you. <laughs> <laughs> and for that reason, I'm gonna scoop up the heavy whipping cream as well. It's oh, yeah. you know that would be my next one. And we'll just make like a brevet latte, like our thing. Oh, yeah. And in, in theory, the uh the heaviness of the cream would hopefully balance out the intense face ripping bitterness and terrible qualities of uh, the Folgers pulled as espresso. I was going to use true. the heavy whipping cream to just turn my 2% milk back into whole milk. <laughs> oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> That's just math right there. Try to, try to explain it to your employees. Yeah. <laughs> you have you have 2% and heavy whipping cream and to make the whole, you have to mix them back together. Like, why don't we just buy a whole? You go, That's not how we do this. Uh, you have it in beakers. It's all like scientific <laughs> and stuff. Make it look cool. The presentation of it, you go, Everybody knows that the flavor profile of the uh, the milk mix is uh, is legendary at our cafe. So this looks like it is going to be the second to last round. No, no, this is the last round here. Well, uh, middle of the last round, middle of the last round. Yeah, yeah. So on the board still, we have gas station coffee, prune juice, tuxedos, or full football uniform, including helmet and cleats, and standardized black tea, right? And standard black iced tea, yes. I think that is my pick. That's a strong pick. And standard iced black tea, a late round steal from Jared. Many saw standard iced black tea <laughs> going way earlier in the round, but Jared is here with a steal. We are on to the first pick of the second to last round with Johan, and then the first pick of the last round. With Johan as well. (laughs) So I have to pick two of these four terrible choices. Yes, you do. All right. Well. Wondering if he's going to double up on uniforms. You can pick what you want. (laughs) What? Yeah, but maybe sometimes a tuxedo. (laughs) What happens if you guys don't have a uniform pick? Do you only get to operate in a nudist colony? Is is that... Uh, should we uh, we make a new rule now that uniform you can only select one from that, I guess? You know, I'll, I'll I'll spare you guys the. You're gonna take the other one. Naked embarrassment, and <laughs> I will take the prune juice and the gas station coffee. Prune juice. prune juice as a sweetener pick, just to be clear. Yes, prune juice as a sweetener. If you said, "Oh, I love prune juice. I'd love to get a cup of that," you go, "No." Yeah. Can I? It's pr- what, do you, what do you what do you want it in? Okay. Your gas station coffee. Just think. Well, no. Just think of that prune juice with some powdered ice. Or powdered black teas. 
Like, yeah. that, that can actually That's something. make a it's, decent it, drink. Steam it a little bit. Again, that <laughs> this is along the lane of the Worthers that you'd really have to convince people that you know better than them as to why it's on the menu. And you selected gas station coffee as well? Well, I guess so, but... <laughs> <laughs> Again, right. hit the nostalgia yeah. thing. There's something there. Our, our pour-over option is going to be the long pull espresso. Our batch brew option is going to be gas station coffee. The, the long pull espresso yeah. is a wild card that I had not considered in this. Yeah. Not that I really had a choice because Folgers was only the only thing left on the menu, but that <laughs> radically changed the Johan strategy to selecting the rest. That, that, I, that It was all between that first pick was thoughtfully sourced teas or specialty grade espresso because those are the most versatile. That's right? going to that's gonna set off the entire draft to you. Next pick, Jared. Jared. Bing. With the last okay. pick of Jared's coffee shop, he is choosing, do I want my staff to be <laughs> to dress in tuxedos every single day of every single year or have to wear a full football uniform, including helmet and cleats? Yeah. Jared doesn't do well with pretension. Yeah, this He's is tough. <laughs> um, the employee choose would have been an earlier pick for me. I wasn't expecting it to go so quick. Gonna, I'm going to have to say tuxedos, and whenever they ask why, I'll have to say, well, would you rather wear a football uniform? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be confused, but that's okay. You're doing you a favor. <laughs> All right. That means I that my... I you you were going to pick the football uniform before well, we the... started this. <laughs> the, Okay, so here's actually how I, I came up with uh, football uniform as a uniform. Is I was like, what would be the... So I put tuxedos just because I was like, what's the most pretentious thing you can right, wear? Yeah. And, then I, and then I was like, that sparked the thing in my head where I go, oh, that'd be so inconvenient to have to put on every day. Then I was like, what would be the most inconvenient thing? Yes. And having played football, I can tell you, getting ready for a game takes no less than an hour of just getting the underlayer, the pads, the jersey, the helmet, the cleats, getting everything taped up. And uh, so I guess because they're wearing cleats, my shop would also need to have turf of some sort. But that's yeah. that's not a part of this draft. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for episode 82 of the Folly Coffee Podcast and the first ever Folly Coffee Draft. Welcome to the 2021 Coffee Draft. It is off. I didn't. Exp- uh, I didn't record an outro. It, you could tell hours yeah. <laughs> ho- hours of production went into that. I just didn't have the time to record an outro. So thank you for joining us. Uh, like I'm saying here, hopefully, if you're listening to this, this is still available for voting. If it, we're going to do it the week of the airing of this episode, go to the Instagram, vote on your favorite coffee shop menu to decide who won this draft, and have a nice day. 